It's Saturday, August the 8th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America's unemployment rate and Goldman's restated earnings. First, the week in brief. The American economy added 1.8 million jobs in July and the unemployment rate fell to 10.2%. Both figures were better than economists had expected. Still, the pace of hiring slowed compared with June when employers added 4.8 million jobs. A widespread resurgence of COVID-19 in America and the return of lockdowns in some states has hindered economic growth. Goldman Sachs restated its second-quarter earnings figures to include an additional $2 billion in legal charges for its involvement in a scandal in Malaysia in which billions of dollars went missing from 1MDB, a sovereign wealth fund. The extra provisions erased nearly all the $2.2 billion in profits Goldman had previously reported for the quarter. Negotiations collapsed between Democrats and Republicans trying to push a new pandemic aid stimulus through America's Congress. President Donald Trump responded to their impasse by saying he would unilaterally cut payroll taxes and suspend evictions and student loan repayments if a deal is not cut soon. Such measures might prove popular even if the president lacks the authority to order them. America escalated its feud with China, turning from TikTok to Hong Kong. The Treasury placed financial sanctions against Carrie Lam, the chief executive of the territory, and ten other officials. America blamed Ms. Lam for implementing Beijing's policies of suppression of freedom and democratic processes in executing the national security law that was forced on Hong Kong in June. An Air India aircraft with 190 people on board crashed in the South Indian state of Kerala. At least 17 people died, including the pilot. After landing at Korikod's airport in heavy monsoon rains, it skidded off a runway and broke in two. It had departed from Dubai. Most passengers were migrant workers who had been stranded in the Gulf. British Airways announced plans to proceed with more layoffs after 6,000 of its employees applied for voluntary redundancy. The airline said it would cull up to roughly 30% of a staff roster of 42,000. Meanwhile, Iberia, like BA, owned by International Airlines Group, said it would start using electrostatic pistols and bamboo cleaning cloths to lure back quailed passengers. In a sign that stricter policing and more severe penalties are working, Namibia's Ministry of Environment said that rhino poaching had fallen by 63% this year compared with 2019. Elephant poaching dropped by more than 80%. Wildlife theft is common in southern Africa, fed in part by ravenous demand in East Asia for tusks and horns used in folk medicine. And editor's note. Our Checks and Balance newsletter presents the best of our coverage of American politics, along with exclusive analysis and data. Sign up to receive it in your inbox every Friday. www.economist.com forward slash checks and balance. And now, here's today's agenda. Bombshell reports the truth about Hiroshima. When American warplanes dropped atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Americans back home wholeheartedly endorsed the attacks. Their approval, however, disintegrated when John Hersey, a war correspondent, revealed the horrifying accounts of Hiroshima's survivors. 
In turn, Leslie Bloom, a journalist, tells Hersey's story in Fallout. Published this past week, 75 years after the bombings, Ms Bloom's book details Hersey's mission to alert the world of the blast's lasting effects, namely radiation poisoning. Although the public had seen the infamous images of the mushroom cloud, few understood the true nature of the toll exacted on Hiroshima's residents. America's military officials, who at first had not known either, intended it to stay that way. Their efforts were thwarted when the New Yorker published Hersey's 30,000-word tour de force. Ms. Bloom pays tribute to his piece and process, reminding readers of the change that can be wrought by one dedicated journalist. Recast America's Race Problem In 1946, B. R. Ambedkar, an advocate for India's untouchables, wrote to W. E. B. Du Bois, an African-American civil rights activist, noting similarities in the plights of the two groups. The comparison underpins Isabel Wilkerson's Caste, which was released on Tuesday. The book draws parallels between the struggles of untouchables and African-Americans, as well as that of Jews in Nazi Germany. Ms. Wilkerson asserts these groups have all grappled with hierarchical societies insistent on keeping them at the bottom. In this sense, America does not have a race problem so much as a caste problem manifested through racism. The author details it as a system of oppression based on the arbitrary but all-determining factor of skin colour. Although Ms. Wilkerson's argument feels abstract at times, she grounds her argument in the rich, concrete stories of individuals, as might be expected of the first African-American woman to win a Pulitzer Prize in journalism. Just a show? The downfall of Ellen DeGeneres In 1997, Ellen DeGeneres made headlines for coming out as gay on television. The American comedian star has risen since, thanks primarily to the popular talk show she has hosted since 2003. Throw in her Be Kind mantra, her role as Dory, a fish in the Finding Nemo films, and a friendship with the Obamas, and her status as a national treasure of niceness seemed sealed. So her recent tumble from grace is all the more striking. In March, a viral Twitter thread gathered anecdotes of her allegedly cruel behaviour on set. Then, in July, a BuzzFeed report depicted a workplace rife with bullying, sexual harassment and racism, with some former employees blaming executive producers and other senior managers. In July, executives from the show's producer and distributor announced an investigation into the program's workplace. Ms. DeGeneres has apologised, but this week, facing dismal ratings, hinted she may wrap up the show altogether. That is some reckoning for the self-styled Queen of Nice. Blue Steel, Fruit with Metallic Colour Name a blue animal. If you managed to think of one, chances are it was a bird. A dearth of naturally occurring blue pigments makes blue rare in nature. But there is a way around pigment. It is called structural colour and it creates hues by reflecting light within complex shapes. It is common among birds and insects, think of the iridescence of a peacock's tail or a butterfly's wings, but rare in the plant kingdom. New research in current biology describes for the first time how a plant has built structural colour from fat. Viburnum tinus is a Mediterranean shrub popular in gardens for its metallic blue fruit. Scientists used electron microscopy to peer into the layers of lipid droplets in the fruit's skin. 
They believe that its dazzling sheen functions as a signal to birds of the nutritious fats within. Gorging robins and blackcaps dutifully disperse the seeds and viburnum proliferates to brighten up another garden. Flat out land speed racing. Daredevils have raced souped-up vehicles across the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah for over a century. The pursuit of land speed records is so addictive that it has been dubbed Salt Fever. Today begins the annual Speed Week, when hundreds of drivers will take their cars, trucks and motorbikes onto the dried lake bed in search of new records. Whereas other motorsports have banned fans from grandstands for fear of spreading COVID-19, spectators should have no trouble keeping a safe distance apart on the 40 square miles of desolate plain. They will not see Bonneville's all-time record of 622 miles per hour, 1,001 kilometers per hour set by a rocket-powered car in 1970 surpassed this year, but the team behind a Tesla-powered electric dragster is hoping to beat the 213 miles per hour record in its class using only solar power to charge its batteries. Even in a world without fossil fuels, racers will undoubtedly still succumb to salt fever. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Arthur Goldberg, who was born on this day in 1908. You cannot rectify every real or alleged wrong immediately. Time must enter into the picture. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. <laughs>